We're talking hockey. Raldi and Rupp are talking hockey. All our teams are dead. <laughs> Hello and welcome to That's Hockey Talk. It's a beautiful night for talking hockey on the internet, even though all of our teams are dead. I am Nick Moraldo. That magical voice, that beautiful sound you just heard came from none other than our lad of the lads, our north of the border pal at Bubba Gumpino. Gumpy, how you doing, pal? Tough week. Been a tough, tough, tough week. Uh, <laughs> nothing like getting smacked in the mouth at 1.30 Sunday night in a game like that. It was late one and you waited all damn week for it. And uh, a man who put out an obituary for every team that was eliminated. We tweeted them all on at That's Hockey Talk on Twitter. Uh, our resident NHL analyst, our Stanley Cup champion, our Game 7 goal-scoring hero, Mike Rupp. Rupper, how you doing, pal? Good, boys. Good, good, good. Um, we, we love hockey, though, right? Even though our teams are done. Yeah, it's great. A lot of shit to root for here. Love it. Love <laughs> one, hope, hope the Battle of Alberta is fucking brilliant. <laughs> I will say Gumpy is much more bitter than I thought he would be. And he didn't just – it wasn't just Texas hockey he was taking on the shins for. He was upset that the Pens lost. He was yeah. upset that the Bruins lost. And, of course, he was most upset that the Stars lost. But Gump, it was really, really tough for Gumpy most of all, I think. We need something. We need just one team hey. to fucking still go. I mean, I don't – this is the thing, though, Rupper. Like, it's only going to get worse for me if, Cal, if Calgary goes on a run. If Calgary I don't think beats that. him – Go ahead. Calgary beats Calgary who? Calgary beats I, – I think Dallas would have beaten Edmonton. That's why I'm so pissed off. I could see that, actually. I could see that, yeah. Right? Yeah, they definitely I mean, could. I don't think the way Colorado's going, there's no way, man. There's no I way. don't think I don't think Calgary's gonna win the cup. I mean they, they could, but I, I mean yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I believe in them that much. So maybe that won't maybe that'll lessen the sting for you, buddy. Um, Impressive. I'll, say this, I'll say this though. I don't want to toot my own horn because I lose a lot, but uh, I did go eight for eight in the first round. I'm just saying. Just oh, went eight good for, eight. for you. They went eight Baby for eight. Up. And uh, the only problem, though, with that is stupid me did two separate parlays, an Eastern Conference parlay and a Western Conference parlay. So I didn't maximize the whole the whole thing. So, But, hey, that's that, hey, we still got that stuff going, Gumps. Hey, what's the win? Hey, 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 hey. They want to keep giving us these odds on fucking Tampa Bay, dude. I don't know what – I have no clue. They're minus one sixty to win the series. They're up one nothing. They're plus one thirty again tomorrow night. What is ha- am I am I seeing something different than everybody else? What is going I'm, on? I'm watching that Colorado St. Louis game last night, and I took I had uh, I took St. Louis uh, at plus four hundred to start the third period. As that third period's going on, there's ten minutes left. It was up to like eight sixty plus eight sixty. And I'm like, these guys, I, I get it. It was a one-sided game, but it's one goal. I'm like, these yeah, guys yeah. can time it up and go to overtime. So I took that too, bang, they go to overtime, and then 13 nothing in shots in overtime. They fucking lost. But it was uh, – it's fun, man. There's some interesting stuff. I don't I, – some of it I don't understand either, Gumpy. Yeah, like how they get to some of these numbers. We talked to John Sheeran, the uh, head odds maker at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, we've talked to him a number of times now on Hammer Down, and he has mentioned that uh, they have a hard time handicapping hockey. It seems to be 
the uh, the least of the major sports that they have like a good grasp on. And I mean, listen, they're still raking in money. They're still dominant. Hey, but we he, have he a hard, we have a hard he time. Let us know a little. There's a little chink in the armor there, and it, it is hockey. There is a chance to make some money off them there. We have a, we have a hard time of grasping it too. So both sides, <laughs> both sides are struggling with it. <laughs> Amen. Look at uh, and we'll get into this much more later. But just to touch on it briefly now, the Penns Rangers series. Uh, look at how badly. The Penguins outplayed the Rangers at five on five, and the chances were through the roof. The analytics, everything, the faceoffs, everything was in favor of the Penguins. The power play advantage, every single thing you want to look at that says you should win a hockey game, and they just didn't. They blew three leads, yeah. and they, and they lose three straight potential elimination games. And Shesterkin got better as the series went on. And now look at the Rangers tonight; they're up one nothing on Carolina, walking into the building in front of twenty thousand screaming Kaniacs, and they have not blinked, brother. Philip Heedle and the kids line up there in New still York. Going. They're still clicking strong. Yeah. They're still going. Come on. Uh, we talked a break. We talked about this a little bit on Hammer Down. We said, uh, you know, you can't take really what has happened last series and carry it into the next series in the NHL playoffs. It tends to be very different beasts, different matchups, obviously, throughout. But uh, the Rangers, it seems like that kids line at least has carried over their terrific play from the last series into this one. Yeah, and, and, and those points that you made too, yeah, the kid line's been huge. I talked to Gerard Gallant the other day and asked him about him, and he's like, yeah, these kids, they've been awesome. They've been some of our, some of our best guys um, thus far. But when you look at, too, the, some of these situations, you mentioned the Penguins-Rangers game. In this first round, we saw a bunch of different series where the team that played the best for the duration of the series did not win. The Penguins played better than the Rangers. But the Rangers found a way. And that's the key, finding the way to Toronto, win. Toronto played better than Tampa. Toronto found a way. Um, the LA Kings played better than Edmonton. The LA Kings, uh, sorry, the Edmonton Oilers found a way. Like that's playoff hockey. That's what I love, right? Like we want to always say the best team wins, but no, you know what? The team that's willing to do the most to win or, or sacrifice the most to win is going to win. And that's what we saw. And that's why I always hate the uh, the the referee excuse or like I didn't even love the Penguins uh, bitching about the the helmet situation and helmet gate and all that. It's like okay, you didn't find a way to win. If you find a way to win, you can say whatever you want. If you don't, don't blame it on outside external factors. Don't and this goes for any fan base. I'm a firm believer. Like, don't blame the referees. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, it's, I do. I do have an issue with some of the shit. Though, some of man. it, yeah, like, they're sure. Some they, of it, they fucking. I. This is bias. That's fine. I don't give a shit if I sound like I'm biased. What? How, they just ran Otter all series. Hey, whoa! Is one yeah, of you guys buzzing? We're saying that. What is that? I think it's Rupper. Rupper. I think your mic is uh, giving us some feedback here. Oh no! Gotcha. No, you're real low. You might maybe unplug it and plug it back in. See if that helps. You hear that, Gumpy? Know. You hear that little buzz? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was me for a second. How are we now? No, you're real quiet. Is that that wonky mic cable you got? I don't know. It might be. How is it now? Is that better? No, you're real low. Oh, no. What is it? Keep it going and I'll figure this out. <laughs> yeah, I'll, the I'll thing. I'll mute him for a second. Yeah, it was definitely coming from him. 
I don't, I just don't get how they just fucking ran at Otter all fucking series. I don't get it. And that if, was, if you're that not was gonna, a bit egregious. If you're not going to intervene ever, like what you, you know, he, everyone knows that's our best player. That's literally all we have. And you're just like one, the one play Coleman flipped it from the goddamn blue line and skated in and fucking dusted them with ice. And usually it's weird because usually the goalies get the benefit of the doubt in every situation. They're yeah. the most protected. It, maybe it's because he's younger and they got to do the yeah. whole earn it thing. But regardless, too, like, it, and even then, like, it, what to what you're saying, like, my reply to you would be the boys should have taken it into their own hands then. And if someone runs Otter again, someone on that blue line for Dallas should have stepped up and put someone on their ass. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if we can get rubber back here. Okay. What you want a mic check here? Is that better? Yeah. Oh, hold yeah, on. You're fucking firing on all. You're coming in hot now. now. Yeah. Let me. There we go. How Too about much? Now? No. Too much. Now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. There we go. Beautiful. Stay still. I gotta stay you still. I don't know what's you, going on? And what was the what was the deal with the uh, Zadorov thing, Rupper? Why, why put that tweet out? That tweet. If you didn't want to suspend them, don't suspend them. That tweet made them look like dummies. Just because you there's admitted, so many pages you, to it. You, you, you admitted <laughs> he took the head. You admitted you had a meeting and said, okay, he's not suspended. Well, just don't don't tweet that. Just say he's not. There's no need to put yourself in the shithole with that. Like the responses to that tweet were absurd. Yeah. it. You know, it's funny. Like you try to – it's like you try to explain yourself – more to make people understand and it almost makes it worse oh it's yeah almost better it's almost better just to make your statement and then just like all right cool you don't like it fine but i i will say this though like the the zadorov one i think was it it was consistent at least with what wasn't called with crosby yeah. truba so that's why I didn't I think that was a. Okay. I'm with you though, rapper. I didn't think that was a penalty last night either. The guy fucking caught the puck in his hand and got. Oh, that was definitely. Oh, that was ridiculous. That was the. You know what? Uh, Peeler, Tim Peel, and I were texting each other about some of those things last night. I know you guys had him on Pat's show, uh, yeah. on your guys' show the other day, and and he was texting me. It's awesome, dude. I this dude's such a great guy, and like I I knew him like casually from refereeing but now like texting these games are on and he's like what'd you think of that call i'm like you're the fucking ref you tell me <laughs> you know what i mean and uh but he's got some great insight like in things that i didn't necessarily agree with he's like i, I thought that that penalty last night um Braden shen with that penalty with a minute left with the, with yep. the stick swinging around he's like what'd you think about it and i'm like i mean he didn't really control a stick i don't love it that it's a minute left you know, uh, before overtime and, uh, you know, he was like, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I don't like it. And it's funny hearing a referee's way. They see it differently yeah. and it's interesting, but yeah, I don't know. I think that the big thing that McDonough hit was a, that was a joke of a penalty. Like that's about yeah, as that clean as you could possibly get. Absolutely but the, perfect. But hit. the Zadorov hit and the Truba hit, I, at yeah. least it was the same end result. And I'm okay with that. The thing, Rupert. the thing in overtime when they called the Penguins penalty, I could see because it was a goal scoring opportunity. Yeah, like I don't want to see penalty. I don't want to. You had to call it, but the Sagan penalty in the offensive end, like why would you call? There's no need. Why would you? There's no need to call that in overtime, is there? Or am I just being biased? 
Like it didn't affect anything. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. No, no, I know need. what you mean. If it's that, like, if that's how it, if that's how it ended the series, was that would everybody be okay with that? I don't no. think so. You got to. I feel like everybody's on the same page. Like, call it if it's going to have, if it's taking away a scoring chance. Yes. You, you have to. I don't care have what to. time Absolutely. of it is, but if it's something in the different area of the, like, I mean, let them let them play a little bit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. See. Robert, I'm going to say something, and, and you're probably going to hate it, but I think it's something the league should consider. Um, why not just adopt the international rule of any hit to the head is going to be a two, at least a two-minute minor? You go through a rough patch of maybe a half a season or a season of it getting called quite a bit, and then I think the players will learn and they'll adjust, and they will stop getting their elbows up. They'll stop making the head the principal point of contact. And I know a lot of guys don't mean to do it now. It just yeah. it happens because guys try to protect themselves and they duck down low and they change the angle they hit. And I think that's why you see a lot of people avoid suspension because they I think they always give the hitter the benefit of the doubt. And a lot of times, like, uh, you'll see a player turn into a hit or skate into a hit or lower their head into a hit. But I think if you just institute the the IIHF rules in terms of any hit to the head is a two-minute minor, at least. Uh, I think it'll clean things up. I think it'll speed things up. I think it'll make it a lot easier on everybody. And then in a year or two's time, I don't think you're dealing with any of these headaches or nonsense, and you're moving on to the next subject or whatever else we can find a bitch about. I don't think we're ever going to be able to get rid of it all, right? Like yeah. there's No, I guess for here, sure. Here, here's the point that, that I think is a big a big thing. The skating stride in itself. Like, th if you think about it, like, I'll try to see if I can turn side. Uh, so, you know, when you're playing hockey, this is going to be great. Great little demo. Can you hear me all right? Can you yeah, guys yeah, hear me? yeah. All right. So I'm going to stand up here, right? So you're standing up. And when you play hockey, right, you're bent over like this. All right. My knees are like, you can't see them. They're like right here. They're My head is forward over my skates. That's how you play. I mean, you know, you uh, you want to sit back yeah. more like this, right? You want to get your torso up. But even at that, my head is above my knee or forward from my knees and, and feet. How are you going to – how do you hit a guy then? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you're in that position and you're in that like V shape, like this is your head, this is your body, how do you hit a guy? Like if you're going to go hit his the meat of his body and his back end, he's already past you. You know what I mean? Like his – you can't let that – you don't understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I do. I do because I compare, it to, I compare it to what the NFL has gone through where uh, they really crack down on the helmet-to-helmet -helmet hits and things like that. And everyone's like, well, the strike zone is so small. How are you going to hit a guy? Yeah. And granted, we've seen those gigantic hits in the NFL decrease, but they still happen from time to time. And you penalize them or they hit them and you find a good, clean shoulder hit, midsection. And I understand hockey is a different game. I just think – I just think there's a way to do it and to go about it to minimize certain things because you're going to see the better players miss time because of this. And we've already seen it for a number of years now. And that's not what the league wants. Like look at every other league in the world where they take care of in the NFL, they take care of the quarterbacks In the NBA. They take care of the star players and MLB, you know, I mean, there was the crackdown on sticky stuff for the most part. Like they take care of the pitchers. And, yeah. and the guys who are in vulnerable positions. And I don't think the NHL does enough for their guys. Um, that's just personal opinion, though. I know everyone likes it different and everyone has their own flavor for it. So it's just my thought on it. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, we, I think we talked about it on here before, too. It's like – my thing is I don't think until you put an onus on the guy that's receiving the hit also, yeah. Yeah. It, that'll clean it up. Right now it's like – you know, youth hockey – I mean, I don't know if they do it anymore. Remember there used to be stop signs on the back of jerseys? Yeah, on the back yeah. of everyone's jersey, a little stop sign, and they were yeah, trying yeah, to little, they were cracking down on the boarding yeah. and hitting from behind and everything. And, that, yes, that is supposed to be if I see the stop sign, I can't hit, okay? But what that does is, and I've, I've coached kids before, and I've asked them just, and you've heard other people do this, like you say, what, what does the stop sign mean? It means they can't hit me. No, that's not the, that's the wrong way of looking at yeah. it. You know, that means I can't hit him, but see what ends up happening when you just make it cut and dry and you don't put the onus on both sides, it becomes a security blanket. It's a safety thing. Like if I'm in a bad spot and and I'm going to turn the puck over, I'll just turn my back. You can't touch me. You know what I mean? And And we see that a lot. We see that happen a lot. And I'm not trying to say there's not predators out there. I'm not saying there's not headhunters out there. Guys that are reckless, 100%. Punish them. Punish them severely. But until we start saying in situations like if a defenseman sees a guy come and he doesn't want to take body contact, he's going to turn away from the bo- turn away and get hit, suspend the guy. Depending on the, the, the level of danger he puts himself into, maybe it's a fine or suspension to the guy getting hit too. Now all of a sudden it's like, hey, yeah. you got to take on some of this too. So I, I'm, everyone wants to attack the hitter. I get it. But it's never going to get clean until you take the other side into the equation as well. That's what I thought about uh, the Oshi hit uh, against. Uh, I think it was Bennett. Was it Bennett in the first round when yeah. Oshi Oshi crushed him at uh, the blue line, and then uh, Bennett turns the puck over, and then the Capitals go down and score. Um, I think turned right into him. He skated right into Oshi, yeah. and Oshi just was a. Uh-huh. Yeah. waiting right there with the shoulder so yeah there's definitely there's definitely that angle to it as well so it's it's not an easy fix by any means and i don't think there is a 100 right answer that's just my thought on how i think they could get uh move the goalposts basically in a yeah. in a better position for the league is if you start just really cracking down on those head hits because you don't want to see guys miss time no no you don't you know, and, and in those situations, one of them that got away a little bit, and, and I get it, and you don't want to – it changed the series in Pittsburgh. Like, that yeah. that probably changed – not probably. It changed the series. So, hey, I'm not going to blame it, and don't be – No, no, no. it off but, the top. You said it off the top. Don't be that. Don't say it's because of the referee because of that hit, because of this. Because even with that, the Penguins had a 2-0 lead in Game Five. More six, than enough, and, more yeah, than enough chances. Plenty to close of that plenty up. of opportunities to step on the neck of the Rangers. They didn't do it, so that's on you. But here's the thing: is like if we want to clean these up. I don't think it's as clear as like, oh, let's just get rid of guys who hit hard. No, there's always yeah. going to be head injuries unless you attack it from the other side too. Hey, uh, do we got Barry in the waiting room yet? No, not yet. So I don't. Did I, you know you could pick up your bucket rubber? If it got taken yeah, off, I, nobody seemed to know that rule. Yeah, I knew it, but um, it's funny when you listen to. I know we got we got uh, Koharski on. Um, he's been on TNT, and we've had Jackson on uh, ESPN, and then Tim Peel, who has been on social media. All these guys have said the same thing. These former referees. This has been a rule. I don't know if everybody knows it, but. 
almost every single time a player's helmet comes off, he beelines it to the bench. He goes, they yeah. never pick yeah. it up. They never pick it up. So it's either they don't know or it's just like, crap, I don't want to get called for a penalty because I, I play the puck and my helmet's off. So they just go. But I, I yes, I did know that you can put it back on your head. But in that moment, I think you're just – it's a kind of panic mode. You're like, oh, my gosh, here we are in this situation in the playoffs, hemmed up in the D zone. I got to get off the ice, you know. So yeah. it, it's I thought that was even wow. a I thought that was even a weak excuse too because they made the change. Latang was on. He was in the middle. Yeah. He he could have been the outlet. Marino just you know threw a puck to a spot where he shouldn't have thrown it, and they paid yeah. for it. So it's the other part about it too. It's like when you break your stick or a defenseman for in the defensive zone breaks a stick. If everybody doesn't see it and the defenseman has no stick, you know how you always see the forwards go give the D man a stick. It's more yeah. valuable for the defenseman to have a stick than the forwards because they got to defend right around the net. But when you see that happen, you scream. Everybody on the bench, no stick, no stick, yep. no stick. Yeah. The other team does it too because they want to take advantage and exploit that player. But on your team, you got to know. So everybody knows, hey, I got to do things a little differently. I got to think differently in this situation. I, I would have to assume it should have happened when Mer, uh, Pedersen's helmet came off and he started going off for a change, he should be yelling, I got to change or, you know, something. Because yeah. I don't think John Marino knew. And even if he didn't did know or didn't know, he didn't manage the puck well enough. But if he knew that he had no defensive partner, yeah, I'm pretty sure out. he would have handled that situation differently. Can they throw him a bucket from the bench? You can't throw it, no. You can't? Fuck, that would have been... No, the other thing, too, was uh, the referee who the was there who would have seen it. I forget, I forget which ref it was. Uh, let's say Pedersen and Lafreniere are here behind the net. The referee was here, but he was looking turn, this right? way. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like, it's easy to see in the replay. It's like that ref had no idea that was happening. When he turned around, Pedersen had his helmet off, and he's standing there like this. And the ref could have easily said, hey, pick your fucking helmet and put it on. But yeah, I don't, I, I, it's just I, it's too easy to just blame someone else for all your problems. Sometimes you got to look internally and say, "Hey, I botched that, or we botched that," yeah. and, and, and try and move past it. And like I said, we'll get into more of the uh, Penguins issues in the offseason stuff later in the episode. Um, uh, Gumpy, how are we looking here live uh, with the the blue shirts and the uh, Kaniacs going at it? Still one nothing, I think. Still. Canes ain't doing shit, dude. They ain't doing a damn thing. <laughs> it's all matchups. It's all yep. matchups, dude. I Canes mean, I can like I can tell you this much. Sorry, go ahead. You know, you're good. Uh, the Rangers already in this series, and that's not I. The Penguins were the better team, but the Rangers didn't really look like themselves, and maybe that's due to the way the Penguins are playing, but. Yeah. I've already seen a better Ranger team so far in this. Yeah, like no matter what. Oh, there's a nice hit it, there by Keandre Miller. No matter what happens in this game, Rupper, I, I'm taking the Rangers to win this series now. Really? Well, I don't know. What is this? <laughs> Fucking Canes <laughs> were running wild on the Bruins at home. Now they got 10 shots on net halfway hey. through the second. We got six former New York Rangers playing for – for the uh, Hurricanes. Crazy. And here's my thing. And I used to always – it was like half jokingly, half serious. But before games, when you're in there and you're playing in a meaningful game or actually any game, so we just give it to each other all the time inside the room. It's like yeah. if we're playing Gumps, we're playing against Dallas, you used to play for the Stars. But you're on my team now. It's like you go out there and you're like, 
better not see a fucking tickle fest. None of this flirting. <laughs> We're not flirting with them. We're not like before warmups winking <laughs> like, ah, no, fuck off. After the game, go talk to them, go out to dinner, go have beers, go do whatever you want to do. But at game time, like we're not doing that. And that's something different now that we see. We see guys at the red line all next year. And you remember what that red line used to mean? That red line yeah. was like, I didn't want to go close. If you went close to that red line, it's like getting close to like, if you're going to that half ice mark, it's, it's like getting close to a lion's cage. Like, you don't know if you're going to get fucking clawed. Yes. You know what I mean? Fucking bellows, now it's like, dude. Now it's like fucking they're going bellows. up there. Yeah, they're going up there. They're shooting the shit. Guys are liking each other's posts on Instagram when they're in a series together. I'm like, what is happening right now? You know what I mean? No tickle fest. No tickle fest. So maybe the Rangers, maybe uh, the, the former Rangers got to get a little more hatred. Uh, hey, the former squad. Keandre Miller is out here, and there's no tickling coming from him. He laid out what? Seth Jarvis on this chance here in the D zone. I was impressed with uh, Miller in, in, in the last series. Uh, not the most offensively gifted guy. Yet, I think that'll come in time. Uh, he had a couple giveaways in his own end, but when it comes to pure like stand up defending, yeah. uh, he was he was rock solid. What is he six seven six six? He's a big boy, big I think. boy, big boy. Yeah, he no, he's good, he can play. Yeah, and I think the transition game and the offensive stuff will come from him in time. But he, I, I like what I saw from him in terms of uh, taking care of the one on one defending and things in his own end. Um, you're right, Gumby. Carolina here. It's just they don't. They look, hey, a lot of a lot of cement in the skates on? right now. It looks like a lot of cement in the skates. Hey, I got it. How I gotta, do we all lose? How do we all lose? Fucking game seven. What a joke! I couldn't believe when you guys talked about it. Like, can't believe all the boys in the offices teams are done. It's not like none of them. It's not like none of them. Oh, had, it's not like none of the teams were garbage teams. Like they're all teams that should be doing something. No one did anything. It's a long, long off. Not only, not only are they done, a lot of them got big decisions to make. Yeah. Uh, we, we talk a lot about Pittsburgh, and everyone knows their situation with so. Rust, Malkin, Latang, uh, all free agents. You look at uh, the stars. Gumpy's been going on and on about it. Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn make a lot of money. They're getting yeah. up there in age. There's They're transitioning to a new core. You've got Miro Heiskanen. Uh, Don't Robo. let go of Bones. <laughs> Bones got, stays. Uh, and then hey, Bones there's stays. the Bruins for Connor that also lost. Look, Bergeron, that might have been the last game we saw Patrice Bergeron play. He's he's uh, up there as well. He's no spring chicken either. He's got a lot of miles on him. Uh, obviously, Marchand is the guy there. He's not going anywhere. Pasta, we know. Uh, McAvoy, they've kind of transitioned over to a new younger core, but it would uh, – it would be crushing to Boston to lose Patrice Bergeron, like the ultimate consummate yeah. professional two-way all-star, stud, selkie winner, dominant in whatever zone he's in. Yeah, it's some tough decisions. You don't know. There's like a pivotal point for a lot of these teams. And even the teams that have a bright future, like Dallas, like they have the you know, Robo, the way Robertson played, hence um, the way that uh, Ottinger played. But then you, you still got – $18 million tied up between Sagan and Ben. You still got a lot of question marks. You don't know, like, how will we turn the page? All these other decisions you mentioned. Hey, in, inside your guys' realm, I don't know if Foxy's in our room here listening. Well, I hope not. I'm just going to float it out there. If the other no. teams are staying stagnant or maybe dropping down, uh, no, I know one team that's that moving up. Here. And that's they the Detroit Red Wings, man. I'm just saying. No Texas. I'm just saying. This ain't the nineties no more. Pace, pace yourself in the shit talking because his team might be heading in a 
better direction than some of yours. Save it for nah. a rainy day, Rupper. We're not yeah. talking Red Wings oh. here tonight. We, uh, although our first guest seems to have disappeared on us, our second guest is here and ready to go. <laughs> and I can tell you for a fact, I don't know him personally, but I know he doesn't want to hear any Red Wings talk. Uh, this man played oh, yeah. for Colorado Avalanche. He, he spent 14 years in the NHL. He played for the Leafs. He played for the Carolina Hurricanes. We're going out of tonight. And he spent some time in Boston. Uh, perennial stud offensive defenseman. He could put up the points. And an Indiana guy right from right around here in Indianapolis, ladies and gentlemen, John Michael Lyles. Uh, sir, thank you so much for joining us, brother. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, buddy. I was just saying before we came on. So our uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys know Gumpy and, and Nick, like, so in USA hockey, you play for your district, right? In the Mid-Am district, what was it? Uh, what was it? Uh, it was Indiana, uh, Ohio, Ohio, like Kentucky, Western, maybe Kentucky yeah. and Western <laughs> PA, and it was Western PA, and we represented the the Mid-Am district. So we had these tournaments. That's where I met John Michael. Like we went and played up in Minnesota for these festivals, and we did these things. Got our asses handed to us because handed we were the mid am. Yes, because we were the mid am district. But uh, <laughs> it was awesome playing with you as a teenagers for a little bit, and then watching the great career you've had, buddy. And uh, here you are now. You're settled in uh, in Colorado. Why we see you on in your uh, you, you do the, the your show from the wine room. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. But uh, what'd you think of last night's game? What'd you think of last night's game with the Abs and uh, the Blues? I mean, it was uh, it was impressive on a number of fronts, just the way that uh, I, I thought the Avs um, controlled the play for the most part, but also that they were able to get a win against, you know, Bennington playing as well as he played. Um, you know, one of the things I was worried about, just the layoff that they had for seven or eight days, uh, how they were going to come out. And they actually, I thought, really controlled the play for a good portion of the first period, a huge part of the second period. Um and, you know, people were worried about if they lost that game. And I just I thought that the overall performance, had they have lost that game, still would have, um, you know, would have trumped um, losing. But fortunately, you know, Josh Manson was able to get that overtime winner, which was huge. You mentioned Josh Manson. They get him at the deadline depth. I mean, when you look at this group, help me if if I miss someone here. you got McCarr. you got Taves. You've got yeah. Johnson. You've got... Uh, Little French guy, what's his name again? Uh, Gerard, 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 Samuel Gerard. Gerard. Yeah, uh, he's unbelievable, and I'd like for you to expand on that. He he little doesn't get enough. French guy. Little French, uh, he, he doesn't get. Jean I, I think they refer to him as the French little French gremlin. Is is what? Then I was banging on. They don't. He doesn't get enough love. Like that guy's an, a gamer, and uh, you got mm -hmm. Bo Byram. I mean, yeah. you've got a, an absolutely loaded decor here that it's like, I think people see Kale McCarr deservingly so. I mean, you're talking a generational talent, but there's so many good defensemen on this team, man. As a fellow D-man, like, have you yeah. ever seen a D lineup like this? Oh, man, that's that's not after the deadline, adding Josh Manson. Uh, it's funny, I was, I was actually um, met up with one of the guys on the abs right day before the deadline and um we had a couple beers and he said he's like man if we pick up and there wasn't even a rumor i was just throwing out names and i said what about josh manson if you guys can get him and he's like oh my god that would be like my dream to have him on the back end too because not only is he a great player but he adds toughness and 
I just think that he's, it took him a little while to fit in. You know, you, you played in Anaheim for so long, but now you can see him. He's hitting his stride. He's, he's big. He's strong. He can, st- he can skate. He can move the puck. And I think his offense is kind of underrated. And mm-hmm. uh, when you add that into a, a team that already has Kale McCarr, who, I mean, what a season he had, um, you know, Roman Yossi, if he doesn't absolutely blow it out of the water, I mean, McCarr's walking away with the Norris, no problem. Yeah, 100%. And, and now it's at least a conversation. I don't, you know, it's kind of a coin flip, I would say. Um, Devon Taves, they got for two second round picks from the Islanders. He's a $4.1 million cap hit. I mean, his numbers, like we were going through it toward the end of the season in his last 65 games. I think he was plus 65 or something. His last 50 <laughs> oh, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, oh. And, and you know, he, how he compliments Makar because Makar had, you know, 85 points or whatever. And Devon Taves still had, you know, I, I don't know his exact numbers that he finished with, but I mean, he was a point per game player right up until the end of the season. And it wasn't because of Kale McCarr. A lot of it was because of Devon Taves. And, you know, you, you factor that in with the forwards that they have. And, you know, you've got on your third pair is Bo Byram, who's going to be a stud in this league, and Eric Johnson. And, um, you know, Sam Girard, uh, just just for what he does on a nightly basis, so good. And then you have Jack Johnson and Ryan Murray. Are They're their seven and eight. That's players. right. I didn't even name those two. Exactly. So, I mean, the depth that Joe Sackick has on the back end, and then when you add that into what they have in the forward, you know, you know, their, their four lines up front, um, you know, they, they can mix and match, you know, at, at will and uh, roll four lines. No problem. I mean, Jared Bednar's, you know, he's, he's definitely he's got uh, he's got that luxury. You, uh, we talked about all the D. There's one that we left out that, that I love. And uh, he's a former Erie Otter, and it's Curtis McDermott, who I will say oh, he is he is awesome. the toughest awesome. son of a bitch in the league right now. And that's <laughs> he no is, knock, no knock to anybody else. And I yeah. know for I know for a fact, and it, I know for a fact, there's been many invitations out there. Everyone Ooh. wants Brian Reeves is tough as nails, but there's been a lot of declines from he, he one took party down, to the next. Yeah. <laughs> he took down Revo this year in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, he 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 gave it to him pretty good. I know that the Avs were trying to get Curtis McDermott for the last three years, and they finally got him last offseason. And after, you know, he, he started out slow again from December on. He was so good. He played forward. He played D. They moved him all over the lineup. And from Killed like people. December 15th, I said, they have to sign this guy to an extension. You have to sign. He changes the game. Just being yeah. in the lineup, he changes the game. He allows guys to play freely. And you know what? You may never see him in the playoffs at this point, but what he did during the regular season for that team, and he played really well, not just toughness-wise, but played really solidly forward and D. I mean, he was such a great addition. Uh, John Michael, I want uh, – go Sorry, go I, I got – yeah, I got to get this in. I want to ask uh, – so we, we've seen what Kale McCarr has done this year, and it's been absolutely incredible – uh, but he kind of came into the league with like this swagger and this confidence that I, not a lot of guys have and not a lot of people were able to do on a team with guys like Rantanen and Landeskog and McKinnon. And I wanted to try and get into his mind a little bit. And I think you might be able to share some perspective because I know when you broke in, you were playing with the Az, you know, like Joe Sackick was there. And it's I, I'm just curious as what it's like being a young defenseman, uh, offensively gifted, and, and playing like meaningful minutes with guys like that, like, is there a natural tendency to defer? It, like, what, what's going through your brain 
trying to trying to make plays out there with those guys on the ice. Well, you do. I, I will say, my, I came in and it was Sackick, Tange, Hayduk. Forsberg, Solani, Korea were our top two lines. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So that is absurd. That is absurd. It, it was. It, so it was hey, what happened? Yeah. Did you ever go? Did you ever go high off the glass? Or are these guys like, dude, put it on my fucking tape? Poor kid. I did throw it high off the glass occasionally. Uh, I got a lot of shit from Joe Sackick and those guys for doing that. Um, <laughs> there were times sitting on the bench where Peter Forsberg would be doing something with the puck or making a play, and a guy with a defenseman would come to change for me, and I'd be so just like in awe of what Pete was doing on the ice or or you know any of the any of these other guys that you're almost like missing your change because you're just watching like what they do. I mean, I think Pete practiced like six times my rookie year, like the, the <laughs> talent that he had, but the injuries that he had. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so he's just dealing. I mean, he was on one leg at that time and he still, I mean, he still put up, I forget the, the numbers that he put up that year, but I mean, it was ridiculous. And he, and he practiced a handful of times all year. Um, Kale McCarr coming in, and doing what he's done. And somebody said this to me right when he got signed. They said, Kale McCarr was three steps ahead in college. And he walked into the NHL and he was still one step ahead. And that was as a rookie. But one of the yeah. best things the Avs did and he did was he stayed for his second year at UMass. And he didn't leave after his freshman year. Took him to the national title game. Won the Hobie Baker. I mean, yeah. he, it, it, but, but it allowed him to really develop because I think defensemen generally take longer to develop. I mean, you look at like a headman, it took him a few years to yep. really hit his stride. Yeah. He's a freak now, but those yeah. first few years, you could see those flashes. Kale McCarr walked in and it's like, he was just, he was molded for the NHL from day one. He scored on, you know, 10 minutes into his first game. And now, now what's he doing with 150 games in the league? I mean, every, I mean, I don't do every broadcast, but the broadcast that I, I do you see like like we we we're running out of stats to put him into in terms of records that he's breaking yeah, they, like yeah. every every time that I'm on another broadcast he's broken another record and, and the guys that he's in the conversations with that he's breaking records coffee or uh guys like that you know Mark Howe guys like that just consistently. that's yeah Ray Bork those are the names that he's always in in these in these uh these graphics that we put up and it's it's just Every game, there's just another one that comes along. He set an NHL record in round one. First four games of the playoffs, he had ten points for That's you know true. most most ever by a D-man through the first four games. Gumpy, you got some, bud? Is it uh, is the feeling Stanley Cup or bust out there, or do you think like the team's still young though? You know what I mean? Like I it, feel it, like if they get to the Stanley Cup, I yeah. feel like that. I mean. Like what's a win? The what's a win for Yeah, these what guys? what what would be considered a win? I still think it's Stanley Cup or bust because there's going to be changes. Yeah. You got McKe and you know salary cap era. It's inevitable. But you look at Nazem Kadri probably played himself out of Colorado with the year that he had. Burakovsky, you're probably going to lose. I would say Kemper is probably a possibility of losing him. So um, you know guys like Nachushkin, maybe they re-sign Manson. Um, I do think it's Stanley Cup or bust and. Yeah. You know, Joe Sackick's been really, really good with the the deals that he's made and the signings that he's made. Um, but, you know, the McKinnon extension, you're going to have to sign Taves to an extension. There's a lot coming down the pipe. Yeah. That, um, if you don't win now, I don't know that you have the team that you you have assembled 
uh, going so forward. That's, you know, that's a you great. Think they get a goalie. Sorry, rapper. Do you think no, no, they go good. and get a goalie next year? They're fine. So the one guy that I heard that was untouchable in terms of prospects um, at the deadline was, uh, um, and I'm probably going to say his name wrong. Uh, Eustace Ananen is the, the goalie in the AHL for them with the Eagles. I heard right. he was not touchable uh, in terms of, of a trade. They're real high on him. He's played unbelievable so far in the uh, in the AHL playoffs, and so it'll be interesting. They signed Francois to an extension. I could see him going out and getting a veteran. Um, yeah. You know, there'll be a few available. Joe's usually pretty savvy, and I mean, with the team that you have in front of you, uh, you know, there's I mean, there's consistency there. You know, McKinnon's going to be back. Landeskog signed long ter- long term. Makar's signed long term. Um, Ranton and sign long term. You know, you've got Newhook, who's a healthy scratch right now in the playoffs that will probably slide into the second line somewhere if Kadri leaves and Burakovsky leaves. So there's a lot of moving parts, but I do think it's Stanley Cup or bust for this team. I think they're too good to not have that expectation. And, and just talking to guys within the room and, you know, some of the coaching staff, that is the expectation. I like how patient they are as an organization. They yeah. don't seem to panic. Everything seems to be cool, calm, steady. And I know people are disappointed that they, they haven't been making it out of the second round, but I, I think that's okay. I think, uh, and you guys would be able to speak to this better, but, like, we see a lot of times, like, a team needs to learn how to win, and they need to yep. face some adversity to do that. And I just I just like the moves that they've made uh, in answering those kind of situations. Yeah. I look at Colorado last year or the last couple of years as Tampa four or five years ago. You know, you get swept by Columbus. They go out, they get tougher, they get Gaudreau, they get Coleman. You know, Yanni Gord steps in and and Pat Maroon, guys like that that made them – they already had the skill and they can yeah. outskill you at any time. But in the playoffs, you have to have that grit too. And so after last year, I said, okay, how you know, what's Joe going to do? And you look, they get McDermott, they get Manson at the deadline. You know, they, they added some grit and, uh, and that's what they needed. And they, you know, they've got some veterans. They got Cogliano at the deadline too. Um, you know, they're, I, I still think it's Stanley Cup or bust and it's Joe Sackick. I mean, he's always been just like crazy. He was a poker player on the plane. He did, you know, he's just like, just straight faced all the time, you know, he, but that's, that's him. And, and, uh, he's, he's a patient, patient guy, you know, played golf with him a lot and, you don't you don't think he cares, but underneath it's like you know it's it's the it's what's under the surface that's bubbling, and uh, you know he's he's as competitive as uh, as anybody you'll ever meet. He just doesn't show it outwardly. It's Burnaby yeah. Joe. That's the Burnaby in him. Exactly, Burnaby Joe. Hey, that's your that's your boy there, Nick, isn't it? It is. Uh, I was going to say, John Michael, if, if you got a if you got a Joe Sackick story, I would love to hear it because I'm I'm from Pittsburgh. Mario Lemieux is my favorite player of all time. Obviously, nineteen, nineteen uh, your number. Right behind him, like very close second was Joe Sackick. I and for the reasons you just mentioned, I loved him as a player because nothing seemed to bother him. He just always was so yeah. cool, cool, calm, and collective, and and just a stud. He, he, he's an unbelievable guy. He's still a good friend of mine to this day. Um, he was my roommate on the road, my rookie year back when we had to share rooms. Oh. And, uh, so I'm 22 out of college. <laughs> he talking to guys back on the team. They're like, who's your roommate? I'm like, uh, Sackick. He's sitting in the bed next to me <laughs> watching <laughs> American Idol. <laughs> oh, but I mean, that's like yeah, Joe was, he was unbelievable. Like to this day, still just, um, the nicest person, um, you know, like I said, just very, very competitive, uh, doesn't, you know, like never super emotional, not, not very outwardly emotional in terms of, you know, getting fired up. He was always very quiet, 
did everything the right way. You know, we had Adam foot on the team then, and he was kind of the vocal guy, the vocal leader, my rookie year. And, um, you know, our back end, you know, I talked about our forwards at the time, but our back end was Adam foot, Rob Blake, Derek Moore. I mean, like Jeez. the guys we had on that team, my dad told me, he's like, just soak it all in. Cause you never know if this will happen ever again. And it, you know, that's, that's a once in a lifetime thing. And, you know, I wish we would have gone further my rookie year, but that's kind of how it goes. And, um, yeah, Joe just, I mean, I, I don't have like one particular story. He, he was just, he was awesome to me, um, all those years. I mean, I played with him, with him for a number of years and, and now I get to interact with him. You know, I do some broadcasting and he's obviously the, you know, the president and, and the GM. Well, it's good to know, uh, that he is the same way that he seemed. Cause they always say like, don't meet your heroes. Uh, they're not always the same guy. It seems like he was the same guy through and through. And then, uh, one more for me, I know you spent some time in Carolina and I know they weren't playoff years, but I was just curious, like we talk a lot about the atmosphere in Carolina and no, it's not like a traditional hockey market, but still like yeah. somehow they've kind of captured the fan base there and the Kaniacs, like they go hard. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about playing in Carolina. So playing in Carolina, it's crazy. Like, uh, yeah, we weren't, you know, playoff. We didn't have playoff years there, but, um, some of those young guys that are on the team now, I mean, Jacob Slavin is it, when he came in and started playing for us, we were, you know, Ron Haynes and I were like the two veteran defensemen. Justin Falk was there as well. And we were like, man, this kid is good. Really good. So underrated. Even, even now, I mean, yeah. he's so underrated, but he is really, really good. Even Brett Pesci like came in and he was, he was one of those guys that were, you know, was pretty underrated um, as well. Playing in Carolina is just a different, it's quiet, right? Like it's quiet. You can walk down the street. I came from Toronto to Carolina. So that's literally the opposite ends of the spectrum. You couldn't walk down the street in Toronto and I wasn't Dion Phaneuf or Phil Kessel or any of those guys. Like I was just a normal person and people would like, freak out you know about the power play like you you sit in the darkest <laughs> corner of some bar and some guy would want to come talk to you about the power play and you know it's like man i just want to have a beer leave me alone please. <laughs> uh, but carolina you could do anything and yeah. um you know it's people are you know it's college football but like now the storm surge people got behind that obviously the team's really really good uh i just remember like on weekend games like folks treated it like a college football game. They'd be tailgating three hours, four hours before a game oh, on a, you know, a Saturday evening game, we'd be coming in and people are out in the parking lot tailgating. And uh, I mean, yeah. they're just, they're passionate fans. They love sports regardless of hockey, whatnot. Um, you know, hockey's obviously not the number one sport there, but people are crazy sports crazy. And now that they have a great team to, to get behind, you can see it, um, you know, on a nightly basis. It's, it's pretty cool to see watching from afar. And, uh, and knowing just, you know, um, you know, we went through a few years ago where, you know, it was a little quieter, not as successful of a team. And now some of those guys get to, you know, to reap the, uh, the benefits. Yeah. That, uh, that atmosphere in Carolina in my years, I don't know if I've ever been in a louder building in the playoffs, like that playoff yeah. building was about as loud. And I think some of it's due to the, it's an older building. So it, the, yeah. the acoustics are different, but it was fucking yeah. like, it was unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I'd love to ask you this though. And maybe you don't have the answer, but you can, you can tell me what life is like as a abs player in Colorado, because you just mentioned about some of the oh, things yeah. when you're in Toronto and everybody knew kind of who you were and knows every player on the team. Um, for me, that's how kind of Pittsburgh was. Pittsburgh knew every player from top to bottom. Obviously, I could still go places. I'm not being mauled in Pittsburgh. Sid cannot. So, yeah. Sid, when we go on the road, 
Sid would be, we'd be in Arizona and Sid would get on the plane with like bags and bags and bags of shopping. And I'm like, you know, what are you doing? I'm doing a Christmas shop. And I'm like, you doing it all on this trip? Like, he can't, he can't go anywhere. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So you, you've got situations like that. You sit there and you look, I remember Connor McDavid playing again in, in Erie, Pennsylvania in the OHL. Yeah. Couldn't have been a better spot. Nobody knew who he was. He can yeah. walk everywhere. No one said boo. He went to high school. He had a deal. He was already a multi-multi-millionaire in high school in Pennsylvania. And nobody <laughs> in his nobody in the school knew anything about anything. Anything about anything. They just like they just figured this is just like a kid walking around, like skinny kid, whatever. So my point is, how is Nathan McKinnon? Can he walk around out there? Can Kale McCarr walk around out in Colorado? Is it is it is there I know they got great fans, but is it still yeah. is it nuts or can they kind of sneak by and live a normal life? I would say you can live a relatively normal life. It, it's not crazy crazy. It's not like Toronto crazy, but people are recognized. I mean, there's a lot of hockey fans here. Even from when I, I came here first, you know, my rookie year was 2003. From 2003 to now and what youth hockey has, you know, how much it's grown in the state of Colorado, uh, you know, the success that the Avs have had the last few years, obviously they won a couple of cups, you know, in 96 and 2001. And we had good years probably up until, you know, 2010 or so. And, uh, you know, after that, they had a little bit of a low, but now they're getting back to the kind of upper echelon of the NHL. And you have these recognizable stars in Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog and Kale McCarr. I, I, I know that they get recognized, but for the most part, I would say they can live a relatively normal life. I mean, I know, you know, Landy coaches his daughter's soccer team. And I don't think, he, you know, people, people talk to you about <laughs> hockey, um, but nobody's like, Nobody trying to pull hits. you aside in a bar telling you what's wrong with the power play. I don't <laughs> <laughs> That's got aside for Toronto. That's Toronto. Hey, uh, do you ever, do you ever yeah. run into Dave Clarkson? Yeah. Yeah. Clarky. Yeah. I see Clarky all the time. So, uh, so I, I'm, I'm, uh, the head of the avalanche alumni association and Clarky's we have kind of a, a broad alumni where, yeah. you know, if you're an NHL alumni, we, we do a bunch of events. So we do a bunch of, of mountain events and Clarky, uh, Clarky skated, uh, in our Aspen one and our Telluride one. Um, he's, he's awesome. He's doing some great stuff here with youth hockey. Uh, he's been a big part of our alumni association. I, he's got five kids now, which absolutely blows my mind. I don't know how he does it. His wife, that guy, that, guy used, to, that guy used to not know how to take care of himself. <laughs> I'll say this. Uh tell him I said he's a shit bag. I love I love Clarky. I'll tell you this and then, then we'll let you go. I know you got dinner you got to run to. Um I was roommates with him in, in New Jersey. Yeah. Two 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 prong uh you know kind of story here. You know how Clarky was. Dave Clarkson was like one of those guys. If you looked at him longer than like you know how like out in public, like if you if someone looks at you and they look away like that, it's like whatever. But yeah. if they look at you and they kind of give you the eyeball, it's like yeah. what's wrong with like what, what do you want to go or something? Like yeah. that's how this guy is in life. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like he yeah. he can't. So I remember um, I remember in New Jersey, Clarky was fighting all the time, but he's playing like top six minutes. Yep. Uh, Clark is my roommate on the road. Luke Lamarillo calls me in the office and he goes, Michael, I I. I can't have David fighting so much. And I go, 
in all due respect, maybe you should talk to, to David. About <laughs> like, and I go, Good Lou, luck. I go, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. That guy wants to fight every single shift. So I, I don't know. He's basically saying to me, like, you need to run some interference. I'm like, that's fine. I'll do it. But I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to fight. I, I'm only allowed to fight three times a game and I get tossed. So <laughs> I, I don't know. You, you're probably going to have to tell him to phase it back a little uh. bit too. So I remember this one time we were sitting there and it was, I knew it was at the end of my road in New Jersey and I was uh, a free agent. I ended up signing in Pittsburgh and I knew I needed like a, a new, a new opportunity. So we talk about it, you know, how it is uh, jam like with roommates and we're sitting yeah. there and I remember uh, we're laying in, you know, you got your two beds with the nightstand in the middle of the hotel room and we're sitting there. The lights go out. This is hilarious because this is like little kids like sitting there in a sleepover. Right. And the lights go out. And we're just talking, telling stories or whatever. And the lights go out and uh, he goes to me. You know, we're starting to fall asleep. And we just got off this conversation that I'm I'm probably going to leave next year and, and yeah. you know, whatever. And he goes. Rupper. And I go, yeah, what's up? Lights are out at this point. And he goes. So like. What happens if you go to another team and then we play against each other and we got to fight? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, like, how are we going to handle – like, what's going to happen? I go, I'm going to fucking knock you out. That's what's going to <laughs> And I swear to God, I swear to God, by this, the, the last word goes out, the light is on. He's standing over my bed in his underwear. He's like, I'll go you right now. You think I'm afraid of you? And I'm like – and I remember saying, I'm like, would you, would you relax and lay down? <laughs> like, you're so tightly wound, but I love him. Oh, yeah. Tell him, tell him I is, said yeah. hello when you see him. Oh, and well. uh, we appreciate you, man. All the best. Yeah, you've been thanks, awesome. Guys. And yeah, what you've I done. appreciate it. Thank and you. Thank fellas. you for taking the time here. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was, it was great. Thank you, brother. Oh, uh, that was, that was awesome. Uh, that, was really Clarkson got the massive contract from the Leafs, right? Yeah, I bet. I bet he thrived in Toronto. Personally, uh, we know we know how it went on the ice, but I bet he thrived off the ice, knowing that about him. Now, Jesus, if John Michael Lyles is sitting in the corner of the bar getting uh, harassed about, can you imagine, I can how imagine bad, what Clarkson had? How bad was through. how bad was that conversation for him to fucking say? Ask about the power play. <laughs> Like that must have been the worst combo of all time for that same to stick in his head. I love Minnesota. Love Minnesota. <laughs> wow. I love Minnesota. Okay. Here we go, lads. But there's so many fucking heroes in Minnesota who played <laughs> high school fucking hockey that sit there. I remember one time yes. I went to this, when I yes. when I played when I played for the wild. I had a little bit of hair. I it's went state to of hockey, game. dude. It's a state of hockey, of course. Oh, of course it is. Fuck. So <laughs> this is I classic. I can hear. I can see Rupper sitting somewhere. Some guy telling him what he should have so, done. So no, listen. Guys. I'm in a barber shop. <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a barber shop in Minnesota. It was a cool sports barber shop. Like yes. they got Vikings. It's in. It was in Eden Prairie. So it's right by the Vikings okay. practice facility. They got. The, the Viking stuff everywhere, twin stuff everywhere, T-Wolf stuff, Wild stuff, North Star stuff. It's a cool vibe to this barbershop. Old school, like old men working there. They turn all the chairs facing each other around the room. So we're all just sitting there. And I walk in there. No one, I mean, I it, it, no one knew who I was. I'm in there just going to get a haircut. And people are talking. This is after game two of the regular season. 
two, game two of the regular season. These guys are like, I they hear them talking about hockey, of course, and they're like, you see the fucking wild power play? And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yes. And they're like, it's fucking <laughs> embarrassing. And then they're sitting there like, <laughs> they're like, uh, back when I I was the captain of Kennedy Kennedy Catholic and uh, fucking blah, blah. shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we actually talking about? Yes. yes. Like, two games in. Two these games guys in. are like, they don't know how to run a power play. First off, it's game two, motherfucker. Secondly, it's Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter both make $100 million each over the term of their contract. I'm pretty sure they're in a good spot. Like, dude, that's <laughs> one thing that drives me nuts. Can you imagine being John Michael Lyles in Toronto and having a dude coming up and talking about the power play with you? It'd be I'd like, come on. Who Dude. was it? Who was it recently that went on with uh, on Cam show and buried uh, Suter? Jason Arnott. Yeah, what was oh, that yeah. about? Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. He went on there. I don't know what the motive was, but he was. That was wild. Was that was wild. I just I saw it on his, just on. Which, I saw it on Cam's IG. I saw it on Cam's yeah. IG story, and I was like, "Holy fuck! I never heard that before." He was he was slinging it, slinging it on there. So, oh yeah, <laughs> they've had that a few like that Cam, that Cam and Strick pod. They've had a few. Uh, who else went one? on there? Did you play they with they, in Jersey? I did not. I, I he came in to. I was in training camp with him in New Jersey a couple times, and then I we brought him into New York when I was in uh, with the Rangers in like 2012. And I think they were just talking about his body was banged up. They're running him through physicals. I think they were looking to sign him, and I think he failed the physical. Man, so I don't, I don't overly know. Big boy, big, yeah, man, big those, strong guy. Uh, Lyle's talking about that Colorado team he was on. Those Stars, Red Wings, and Colorado. Those teams those are the were best. so fucking stacked. Rose St. Louis so in there too. Stacked. That was yeah. the AJ yes, hockey absolutely. for 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 guys like us our age. That was you were getting on ESPN. You were getting the Wings yep. Avalanche rivalry, the and best. I remember that Colorado lo- loaded up when they got the they got the fortunate situation where they got Korea and Solane and those, those. Yeah, I remember that. They had the. In the Western Conference, they literally had like the five best teams in the league, all in the yeah. West. Well, the trade, the trade that put the stars over was they got Newendijk. Yeah, yeah. Newendijk was huge, and then they flipped Newendijk to New Jersey for Arnott. Yeah, Man, these names, Rupert. I forget sometimes. You played with some real legends, like you played with uh, Patty Eliash, who I considered like Joe Sackick light. Kind of, yeah. he was like the same type of like he's like a, I mean, a defensive mastermind, but could still score and like just the consummate like you couldn't rattle that guy. He was gonna rattle you because of how good and how hard he played. Like you yeah. played with some legends too. Yeah, Patty was my roommate. Patty was my roommate also in Jersey for my first couple years. Um, actually, he said uh, I talked to him about coming on here. He said he'd love to come on. Oh he, yes, please. He's been uh, he he's he kind of bounces back and forth from. He does some stuff with the Devils still, and he comes back to New Jersey. But a lot of times he's in in check, so uh, it's tough for you know him. And Miko Koivu said he'd come on, but they're like, if he's in Finland or Patty's yeah, in, yeah, in Czech, like the time change a little different. So I'll wait for him to come back here. But he was Patty Eliash was legendary, man. And then it's just such a different time. And you know what? And this is going to take me into the one thing I want to talk about with you, Gumpy. Still, third period started one nothing. Yep. Still, wow. 
I mean, show some fucking fight, Canes. Jesus. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Why did I bet? This was such a stupid bet. I got this, look. They're off, showing man. the graphic right I got now. Pissed off. Fewest goals allowed this season. Hammer down and bet Carolina the Canes for two hundred. No they need Freddie Anderson back. Yeah, but see, this is what's so. What did you say? The, was there? What is it showing for uh, Canes? Uh, they just showed line. fewest goals allowed this season. Two hundred. Uh, no, I'm gonna look. Line. I'm gonna look up Canes money line right now because this is one of those that like oh, Rangers yeah, aren't it, yeah. able to extend it to two. This is this has like late Carolina goal written all over it. Um, but anyways, uh, plus plus two hundred right now. What was I saying? What was I talking about? Patty? You were, the Patty total, Elliott, the yeah. total's three oh. and a half right now. Three so this will lead us. I want at the end of saying this to go into something about your stars there and get your opinion, Gumpy. But the way it used to be, and it's fine, game, the game's changed. Now you have younger players. It's a younger league getting paid up front and for longer term. And then, uh, you know, kind of proving they're worth it. Where it used to be, no, no, no. You're proving you're worth it for a number yeah. of years. Then you're getting paid. And usually that time you weren't getting paid until so you're like 30. Patty Eliash had 96 points one season. And he was making like 350K. And the next year he made 400K. The next year, 450 the next year, 500. This dude was a dominant player, one of the best players in the league for about four years of getting paid very low salary. Then he got his his big deal when he was older, right? Yep. And then he signed his you know $42 million for whatever, six, seven years with the Devils. Um, so it, it was different back then. This guy was legendary. He's awesome. We'll have him on. He's an awesome dude. But this takes me to what we were going to say uh, before, or sorry, with, with your stars. The Dallas Stars, at one point this year, really weird situation with John Klingberg. Oh, yeah. John yep. Klingberg comes out and says, I want to be traded. And he says that he feels that he should have been given, he's he's produced for this team, and he should have gotten this long-term, uh, you know, substantial contract from this team. They've, he's seen them give it to other people. You know, and uh, he feels that uh, he wants to get out. First off, in that situation, you're a pending UFA already, unrestricted fraction. Why do you need to get out so bad? Is it that terrible? You can't wait five months and just be yeah. a free agent? Just leave, you know? And yeah. so I think that was the, the first thing. But to go off what we're saying, though, this is what I think happened in this situation. I think John Klingberg, and I always say this, and this is like my little thing, and I just joke around with little little work on words here uh, the job of every team every gm every scout is to project what the player is going to be and protect them now and sign them yep. to long term yeah and that's what Absolutely. we see in the league now so when you see players like nathan mckinnon getting on the deal they're on now that john michael Isles is talking about it's incredible this guy's going to be a fucking stud we believe it to the degree we're going to overpay him now for the next seven years by the end it's going to be extreme value Right now, Nathan Kinn's what six and change, six yeah. some million dollars. Are you kidding yeah. me? This guy should be this Absurd. guy should be at thirteen million. So, but they do that. It, it, they're going to have to pay him, but they yeah. they projected and they protected. So here's the thing: they go to John Klingberg and they say, because he only played for a little bit and he got his what six seven year deal with the Stars. Yeah, he said we like this guy. We think his future's bright. We're going to pay him this. It's going to be an overpayment in the first two years. 
But we think by the end of the six or seven year deal, it's going to be a steal. And it was because he overplayed the contract. But now this guy's sitting there and he's like, I'm not happy about this. I want to recoup all that money that I lost because I exceeded it. That's not how it fucking works. You shouldn't yeah. have signed it to begin with then. You know what I mean? They bet on their decision with you and what they projected you to be. You should have bet on what you thought you could be. And you didn't. And that's fine. I would probably do the same thing. I would get the security, right? So here we are now. And all of a sudden, this guy comes out today in their exit meetings. He's like, I want to stay in Dallas. Yeah. Excuse me? Wait, what? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. What do you do? You yeah. want him there? Like, is it like, what, what are your thoughts on that, Gumpy? I don't mind it because he's been there his whole career. Do you know what I mean? If he was a guy that came in and then asked to be out, but they're gun shy now because of because of Sagan and Ben Rupper. Let they me ask are. you this, Gumpy, though. And they don't do know what. And with those comments, do you think he's just playing the game, though? Like, he wants to get another chair at the table. I, yeah, yeah like, I, I mean, I'll if you can get them, if you can, out. you're not going to over, they already showed that. Yeah, they're not going to overpay for him. They Rupert. can't. I don't they think can't, it matters. They've already, they already have two overpayments on their roster that we talked but about. But I think, I don't think, I think Sagan can come back next year. And like, he's, I think this year was the first year he was fully, really healthy. And he started yeah. to look really good at the end of the year. Wow. My concern is fucking Ben, dude. And oh. he's from my hometown and he's been so good for the stars. But goddamn, $9 million for a guy who's an enforcer at this point. Yeah, man. I mean, his plus-minus in the playoffs was good. I'll give him that. He scored that goal in Game 7. He's a gamer, dude. He is a gamer. Is. I like Jimmy Ben. Yeah, yeah so do I. But his, it's contract, like, his contract hurts him. It is, yeah, it is absurd. And I don't know what you can do with it. Because I don't think – I wouldn't – if you had to pay – Two million for Ben to play somewhere else. I'd just keep him. Yeah, it's and true. I don't think he wants to go anywhere else. I'm sure I he doesn't want to go anywhere else, but that might be a situation that's unavoidable. Uh, Rupa talked about David Clarkson earlier, and Clarkson signed that monster deal. Troll, which they hated him. In which Troll. now you look back hated on it, him. it's not that big of a deal, but at the time it was for the player. Like he was a phenomenal player, and he was exactly what the Leafs needed. But I feel like it was a situation of too many miles on the guy. And we're seeing that now with a lot of teams in a lot of situations. Like Jamie Benn, like what's he's making nine million. If you can get Jamie Benn at four or five, oh, even six great. million. Deal. Yeah, that, deal. that's great. phenomenal. Absolutely. And that's and that's what we're seeing with a lot of these teams with these aging cores. Like, you know, we, we talked about it earlier too with Pittsburgh. Like they have all these decisions to make. Brian Russ has been playing on a deal that paid him three and a half million dollars. He was scoring at a point of game pace there for the past two seasons. Like yeah. and he even He's said it his paid. he said it in his exit interviews too. Like, I feel like I've outplayed my contract, which he absolutely has. He should have been making at least double what he's been making. And I think he will get paid. I don't think he'll be back in Pittsburgh and I wish him the best. I hope he does get paid somewhere, but he's 30 years old. No, you know what it, I mean? It, yeah. yeah. If he's it, looking for a guys. seven or eight year deal yeah. rep, or you know how it is. Like someone will give it to him, but it's probably not going to be Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't, I, he's that one guy I would pretty much, a, I'd feel pretty confident saying he's not going to be back because and he will that, make, because there's will make some team very good. There will be a team that gives him six by six. There'll be a team that gives him six and a half by 
seven. Seven was never does. in my mind. If Pittsburgh, if if Pittsburgh would love to give them that, they just they can't. They can't with the other needs that they have on their team. So I don't know. But hey, is there a uh, thought of Bergeron I, playing anywhere else, Rupper? No, no. He said, I'm probably gonna piss my pants. I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. Go piss. See if you All can right. find out what happened to Barry Melrose while you're in there. Um I don't know. Barry just never showed up. We lost Barry. Uh, Gumpy, this is... Maybe you forgot he was working tonight. (laughs) This is... Your stars are going to have some similar situations to Penguins. I know your guys aren't UFAs, but like we've got these aging cores here now, and it's like the Gino Malkin situation. He's a free agent. Latang's a free agent. Gino says he wants to come back. He says all the right things. I love playing in Pittsburgh. These are my best friends. I love being here. I love the city. I'm rich already. I don't need all the money, but still, you still have to give him a fair amount of money. He's still going to come What's fair? What's fair to you? Three or 15? Is that fair? No, that wasn't. I've heard that. I don't think it's true. I don't believe that. Uh, I think Gino, he's made, he's made nine and a half, I think, for the past couple of years. Uh, I think, I don't think, yeah, I don't think anything lower than seven moves the needle for him. And I don't blame them because you're still producing at a high level. It's just the five-on-five play has deteriorated to a point where, and I talked about this with Rupper a little bit. We were just kind of texting the other day where I said, like, you're not going to replace Geno Malkin's offensive output for Pittsburgh, and you're not going to reproduce his talent level, and you're not going to reproduce the way he can control the puck and and dance through the neutral zone and do those things and and his shot on the power play. But – you may be able to sign two guys with the money you free up that can give you better five-on-five play, that can give you better puck possession, that can give you better defensive responsibilities, and you may be able to build more depth and you may be able to build a team that resembles more like a Carolina or uh, you know a Boston Bruins of the past, not so much now, but where you could roll four lines confidently and kind of have balance on each of those lines. But also, counter flip side of that, that's not the how the Pittsburgh Penguins have been built for years. That's on the done business for years. But on the flip side of that, to bring it back the other way, they sold the team. They've got new ownership. They may have new front office. There's rumors and and whispers that Hextall may be on the hot seat, not because of your performance, but strictly because of the sale of the team. You've got the Fenway Sports Group, Gumpy. You know them all too well. They bought Liverpool. They bought the Red Sox, two of your favorite teams. They have a certain way of doing things. They're going to want to do you employed, you employed, employed by Fenway or what? Why are you? What's why is, are you employed by Fenway? Why? Why the? <laughs> no. Why are you fans? Why are you fans of the two teams they they own? If you start becoming, hey, we got to watch him. If he starts becoming a Pens fan, no, he's got no, some. No. He's got I've some said this a million times. On. My my teams are all over the fucking place, but I'm loyal to who I got. He's, I ain't, he's, I ain't so he's loyal one, like a dog. Yeah, my dad. My dad was Minnesota North Stars, right? And then it was oh, Boston Red know. Sox, and then it was Miami Dolphins. That's right. You're a soccer, too, though. So. Soccer, soccer was the one where like it wasn't that big growing up. So actually, soccer. I'm Liverpool. My dad's Man U, and my brother's Arsenal. So Sunday dinners, fucking after EPL Sundays, were always. Uh, That's fun though, right? Good rivalries. Yeah, yeah that, it, it was well because we all cheered for the same teams. Everything else, so to kind of you know take the piss. 
on different teams was kind of cool. But yeah, that's how that's how we got to where I'm at. No, you're right though, Nick. It's I think that's the biggest part about this is that when you're when you're talking about there's a commercial. It's a commercial that had a goal horn going off. I thought I someone scored. <laughs> uh, so Canes are buzzing though. Canes have turned yeah, it up. Yeah, they're looking yeah, better. Yeah. I've got some uh, I got some 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 noise on my phone right now it's saying that Canes are the Canes have the Rangers on the ropes right now. Yeah. So we'll see how that is. But it's plus uh Plus three forty right now. Jeez. Plus three forty, just under ten. I, I got. I, I got a. I got a re- report inside the locker room, the Canes locker room. Trainer said he actually went in there and dumped the cement out of their skates in between <laughs> periods. <laughs> well, what? No, what I was going to say though, Nick, about about Pittsburgh. Everything that that team—they've been the model franchise for a very long time. They've got more longevity than Chicago with their three cups. They are like the modern day dynasty before Tampa. And if Tampa yeah. wins this year, maybe it's you know they're they're clearly right, right in and right rightfully as well. so. Yeah, they're they're right in that mix. Nobody there anymore in management has heartstrings attached to that. Absolutely. It's about winning, and I don't absolutely shit about Liverpool. But what I do know is it's they've turned that group around. Am I wrong, Gumpy? Like they're no, not at all. Right? But they also they also what they've done, Rupper, is you'll see so the way the Premier League works is they'll have you spend money on players. You buy players essentially. That's okay. it's called a transfer. So you pay a certain amount. But what you'll see Liverpool sells players and they buy players. And at the end of the day, they call it a net spend. So at the end of the season, like Man City, Man U, Chelsea, these teams, their net spend is like 200 million euros or pounds. And Liverpool's is always like not that much. Like they're always, they're not overspending. And the Red Sox are like that now too. The Red Sox are under the luxury tax for the first time in years. Well, that's interesting. So I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. But but the point is, is that they run. They have a very. This is what oh, we yeah. do. We bring in elite management that we believe that's going to do it this particular way. So with all that being said, that's the kind of scary part for Penn's fans yeah. is this team. The they're in great hands moving forward, but the past doesn't really matter right now. And it's, that's and they're that's not going to overpay. There's. If there's anything about the Fenway Sports Group, they are not going to overpay Rupper. They aren't. Yeah. They won't do it. Yeah. They yeah. traded Mookie Betts in his fucking prime. He's one of the yeah. best players in true. baseball. That's true, and, man. Good point. And that's fine because, listen, some are scared. Some are. Color me not. Uh, this is four seasons in a row of a first-round exit. Yeah. And I know you feel the same way, Rupper. Things have gotten stale to an extent. Like, and you can make all the excuses we want. Look, last year the the goaltending let them down. They had a great team. They they could have played and beat the Islanders. They they outplayed the Islanders in a lot of senses, but the goaltending let them down. This year, same thing with the Rangers. They could have beat the Rangers. They outplayed them in in a lot of circumstances. But you know, injuries, whatever it may be, blah, blah, blah. it's all excuses. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's a bottom line, and the bottom line is. Four years in a row, they've had a first-round playoff. That's the bottom line. I think we'll see some changes. You know, (laughs) Tanger, obviously, you'd love to keep him around. He had a great year. 
But will he, he will he be playoffs, lowered by Montreal and that money? Montreal could use a player like him. They would love to have a player like him. Gino Malkin, I don't know the destinations he would he would enjoy going to. Uh, you know, maybe they find a way to work it out. Maybe he accepts a a, a lesser amount. He said he, he'll take less. How much less is enough to take? Who knows? But I think there are What's other, fair, other ways to build a team. What's, What's fair? fair? What's fair on the open market for Malkin? Like, what do you think he commands if he leaves the Penguins? A fair deal. I think the bigger thing is term, and because you think be, he'll take like, like what? What would he take? Two years, fourteen? I don't to to leave Pittsburgh. No, I don't think he will. No. To stay in Pittsburgh, possibly. Really? Possibly, I think maybe. Sid, yeah. Sid's got three years left on his deal. I'd be shocked if he signed anything less than three. Three, Gino, you mean? Yeah, that's Sid what I'm saying. Said, said so Gino, three Gino, left. I'd be shocked if Gino signed less than three. Gino has this ability now, where depend. I don't know what he wants to do. I, what I think is going to happen is he's either going to come back with a significant discount and stay in Pittsburgh. And let's be let's be straight here. Brian Rust, Chris Letang, Evgeny Malkin, all three of them make this team better. For sure. So they lose losing any of these guys. They're that good. And But the thing is, they need to do other things. This group, they can't just – even if all three of these guys were willing to come back under the same rate they're on, this hasn't worked. They, yeah. they need to do other things. They've got to change things. New management's probably going to want to change things. So you've got to kind of pick and choose what you're going to do here. But I think either Malcolm comes back at a very reasonable deal and allows them to have some more money to go do other things, or I think he ends up with the Florida Panthers. And I think that's where he ends up, down there in Florida. That's Whatever. That's the a lot of the Russian his, his players. Wife spends to go down there. there. His wife yeah, they have. kid is down there. Yeah, uh, like that's. I don't know. I mean, that's just what I would think would make sense. Um, but there's teams out there. There's definitely teams out there that would say to Gennady Malkin, "Hey, we'll give you a sweet one year deal. Yeah, just one year. All we're asking is one year. We'll give you a one a one year deal at nine. We'll give that to you." His term is more important for teams with for players over 35. They they want the right term. Mm-hmm. They'll give you the money. There's teams out there that'll give him the money. I mean, there's some real shitty teams I don't think he'll go to that'll pay him 10. You know what I mean? Like they'll so pay him. Hell, the Rangers have a lot of money to throw around. So like that's that's out. gonna be the interesting thing. So I don't know. It's a how how much less is he willing to take to stay in Pittsburgh? Is Brian Russ going to think the grass is not greener somewhere else? I got to play with Sidney Crosby. But what's that worth? Another team's going to give you six or seven. Are you going to come to Pittsburgh for five? Like, are you willing to do that? Chris Letang? Oh. He's going to get $10 million. Oh. What happened? No. Fucking breakaway. Takeaway from uh, Niederreiter, and they're saying it off the bar, the, the ref way, oh, man, that was fucked. That was a shot. You missed it? Yeah. Um, oh, hey, so I think it's fair to say at this point, since we're an hour and 20 in, I think Barry stood us up. Yeah. What do you mean? Let's just so here, here's my thing. I, Barry's unbelievable. I love him to death. I still love him. Barry, you can stand us up. It's fine. I get it. You're busy. 
but he, I'm not sure that Barry really understood this whole process. <laughs> I, I texted him. Say. I texted him and I said, "Bear, can you hop on my podcast uh, tomorrow night or whatever, two nights or whatever, whenever I sent it?" Sure. I'm like, okay, man, a few words. <laughs> sure. so I go, I go, awesome, Bear. Thanks, man. We're gonna, you know, probably just touch on these things, whatever. I'll send you a message tomorrow. Okay. Great. So today I'm like, so you were all set for tonight, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, and so I'm, I sent him the, I'm like, I'll let you, I'll send you the link. I send the link. And then, um, you know, this evening I haven't heard anything. So we'll get Barry back though. Barry's unbelievable. I was, I've been very fortunate. This is the guy that we all seen on ESPN. Obviously he's on ESPN now. He's one of those guys that we want to see always covering hockey. He's legendary. Uh, oh, yeah. I got to meet him working the Stanley Cup Finals my first year doing this in 2015. It was the Chicago Blackhawks, Tampa Bay Lightning Finals. I worked with Barry. It was the coolest thing ever. He's so cool. He invites me. He was inviting me to go hang out with him and Steve Levy and smoke some cigars. They're big cigar guys. Oh, and uh, so we'll get him on here. Just maybe a little bit of a, you know, I don't know, confusion. Hey, it right? happens. Uh, That'll happen. I... I I was surprised when you mentioned that Barry was the guest, and, and I, you and I talked, and it was like, okay, is he is he gonna be able to figure it out? And you know, my, whatever know. happened, whatever. I don't happened. know what I don't know what happened. happened. I don't know what happened. happened. We don't know. Whatever happened. Yeah, but Barry's you know a legend, what? and you know, sometimes, if we get a chance to talk to him, we'll be we'll be forever grateful for it, and we, yeah. you know, we'll thank him for Some, blessing us with this time. Sometimes. Technology gets the best of all of us. You know, what's two niner yeah. been up to? Rockers is the old two niner. Yeah. The old two niner, man. Uh, yeah, I. You know, we should get the old two niner on here. Actually, you know what? We should just fire him up because we just start saying, "We have him on here." We're like, dude, the pens got screwed. They got oh, screwed. Yeah, yeah. They did uh, uh, the old two niner was going banana, bananas. Uh, the best. I'm still fuck. I can't believe we got no fucking horse in the race, dude. What a crushing. Yeah. I mean, if the Rubber. Celtics did the Celtics didn't win on Sunday, I would have been in a terrible spot. I know I know we've talked so much pens tonight. I just got one one last final thing. Of the three, Malkin, Latang, uh, Rust. I think oh, Malkin's bar down likely that was to cross come back. bar down. Did you say Malkin? Yeah. I just because of the situations. I think Latang's the most important to come back, well, but yeah, yeah. I would I would agree, I agree with you. I think the best chances of one coming back is probably Malkin. I don't know. That's why. And and uh, you look at the uh, the free agent situation. There's a lot of guys. I don't know if a lot of them fit what Pittsburgh needs, but there's a lot of guys out there. There'll be a lot of names in play. Yeah. Yeah. What team a, do you think? Uh, what team you think Louis Domingue's starting for next year? Dallas Stars, buddy. Dallas Stars. Hey, hey, oh, okay, speaking of, uh, Marco you know what you were you said you said they were shooting at his head though, Rupper. You said that. You literally said that as soon as that thing hit his fucking melon and bounced in, I was like, Rupper literally said they were shooting at his head. <laughs> so the Rangers, <laughs> I noticed they did the Jari too, the Benajets goal, and I don't know if. Uh, I don't know. Did you say that on here? Or did you say that to us off air? Where Rupper brought up a good point about uh, the Rangers and the way they were shooting. 
so close to Domingue's head and Jari's head even in Game 7 that goalie equipment doesn't let you get the glove up here. If, yeah. you're, if you're ear holding a goalie and you're putting a puck right here, that's like the perfect place to shoot because you either got to hit it with your face mask or you got to manage to get your glove up in front of it. No one's fast enough to do that. So if you're trying to come up from the side and get to your – you just can't do it because of the padding and the size of the equipment. Yeah, it's tough. We always say shoot, shoot to the shoot at the guy's ears. And uh, yeah, I had this guy. You guys, I, I, I'm to be honest with you guys, I'm not like a my hockey historian um, knowledge is not great. I'd say probably from you know when I was born, like from eighty on, I know hockey pretty well. Sure. Prior to nineteen eighty, that's why, unfortunately, with some of the. The deaths that we've seen over the last little stretch here um, with, you know, we've had Clark Gillies, we've had, uh, you know, Guy Lafleur, like all these guys. It's legends, but you never got to see them play. I didn't, I don't, I know they're legends. I know who they are clearly, but I, I hate to, it's weird to say that. Like, I love to learn about these guys. Right. Clearly. The circumstances we don't love that they're they've passed, but like you know, you hear these stories. I'm like, okay, all right, and you start kind of putting things together. And as Mike Bossy like, is another one. Yeah, Mike Bossy. Like hearing this shit, it's incredible, man. When you hear this stuff, and um, you know, I, I I just find that like my I'm not very rich on my hockey history. And uh, what what did you say right before this? Because I was going somewhere else with it. Uh, we were talking about shooting for the years. Oh yeah, so 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 Jacques Jacques Laperriere um, played for the Montreal Canadiens, won tons of cups. He was my assistant coach in New Jersey. Um, Lou brought him in. He was coaching the D men. Lappy was unbelievable. He was an older man. Um, you know, hey, he's 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 still around now. He's not coaching now, but um, he played on all those great original six like. Like for those Canadians teams, like I don't know, he probably won six, seven cups. He'd come in with his French accent. I love this about him because you talk about shooting for the years, right? And that spot that goaltenders can't get. He'd always come in and he'd say, "Shoot the kill, shoot the kill." And we're like, "But I don't really know what that means." He always would say, he'd pull me aside. He'd pull me aside always, and he'd go before a game. He'd be like, he on the bench before the you know drop of the puck. He'd put my hand on my shoulder. Canes. Fucking Canes, brother. Uh-huh. Fucking tapping, dude. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm telling you guys, killer. I'm telling you fans, if you're watching any of these playoffs, the Look rest the of the Whalers tarps. Look at the, the Whalers tarps. If it's a one-goal game going into the third period, you better bet the other team. Like, this happens every single time. I'm not saying Have the to. Canes are going to win. But they, they, they're going to tie it up. Hey, how yeah, funny is that? Get, how funny is that too? Value. Because like in the era you broke into the league in, that would never happen. No, no, if it's it was a one, now, or two, one or two goal game. Lock it, was it down. Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this could be a great ending. We got two minutes oh, left in regulation. Laid them out. Canes are buzzing. Two minutes. So, here. Um, oh, here we go. Oh no. Igor so, had it too. He made the save. It was the rebound. Aho was able to poke it back in. Oh, that guy got smoked. Lingering. Lappy, too. He's a big Lappy, Lappy would come him. down. Lappy would come down. And he'd be like, 
Ruppy. He called me Ruppy all the time. Ruppy. Ruppy. First shot of the game, right in his fucking head. Like, <laughs> tell me to shoot it. He tell me to shoot the goalie's head. And I'm like, I go lapping. And all due respect, I'm like, in all due respect, I don't get many shots. If I get a shot, I ain't going to waste one at his head. I'm going to try to score. And he's like, shoot the kill. Shoot the kill. And I remember the one time he used to tell me that. He used to say that same thing right here by his ears, right at his head, right here. That's how you're going to score. And then the one time I came down and I, I, I took a shot. You guys are going to chuckle out of this from my ball hockey shot. I took a shot and he comes down the bench, walks up to me on the bench, and he goes, Ruppy, Ruppy. And I lean back and he goes, You shoot like pussy. Just yelling. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I looked down and I go, Fuck you. And then he's like, went back, he's, like ah. he's like, Shoot the kill, but you shoot like pussy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Lappy's the best, man. No. What's going to happen dude. here, fellas? A minute 14 left. One one. Hey, here we go. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how the Rangers respond because this was something they did to the Penguins for three straight games. We'll oh, see how they oh what a chance! Oh, <laughs> hey, this Natchez, this Natchez kid. They've got momentum going, has some, dude. Has some fucking yeah. serious talent. These are the that hey, that Marty Natchez. I know, brother. That Marty Natchez in Carolina might be their second most talented player on their team. Like he's that good. He doesn't put it all together yet to be like consistent, yeah. but he's good. Every time I every see him, I'm impressed with everything he does. And then uh has every as every under every under hit so far in this round. That's true, right? First round it was all overs. All overs first yep. round, right? Well, are we finally the, seeing the tightening year. up? Oh, are we finally seeing the tightening up that eventually comes in the NHL playoffs? I don't know, man. We'll see. How many power plays have you been in this game? We got that? Because there's not been many, a lot. Not many round. at all. No, first round there was a ton. Yeah, look that up. Yeah, what we got? We got uh power plays. We got, we got 0-1. 0-1 for And they're actually they overlapped. So it wasn't even like and they were early. early. I feel like they yeah. were early in this. Early game. in that first. Fucking OT, are we gone? We're gone. It was always OT, pal. Here we go. Here we this go. This fucking battle. What do you do? Over. What are you I thinking? Don't let's, I don't know. Hey, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how does how does Edmonton and Calgary both lose? Did you say Calgary? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a tough barn in that's Calgary. That's what we say, Calgary. Hey, you know who we had on today, Gumpy on NHL now? It was so cool. Go. He was unbelievable. We had Mike Vernon on. It was an oh, unbelievable two nine, another two niner, dude. He was he was so he good. Was he was so telling, good he was, in his he was day. telling stories. He said that uh, I I was saying how in Calgary they uh, on the jumbotron they have the the natural gas flames that come down right. Yeah. So I used to hate. It's a it's a really difficult building to play in in my career. To see a red there. in the playoffs is sick. Yeah, and you and you would go there and play. And in every goal, you have the, the the flames that are coming down the corner of the scoreboard. And, like, you literally feel it on the back of your neck, on the ice, on the bench, <laughs> oh, no. everywhere. So it's awful. Yeah. So not only – it's almost awful. like, uh, you know, you, like, teach a dog, like, you know, you got the little zapper, like that thing. It's yeah. like it feels like that. Like a goal scored and you're on the ice, you're like <laughs> – and, like, your neck gets, like, warm. 
And uh, so it's like a terrible feeling. I had some really bad games in Calgary. So I asked them, like, what was it like back when you played? And they won the cup in, what, 89? Yeah. I think the Flames won. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it was a little different. And I'm like, you guys had that mascot, though. You remember, Har- is it Harvey the Hound? Is that the, you know, the guy, the one, the big tongue sticking out? Remember that guy? Remember the big, no. like, you know, Harvey the Hound? He's like, uh, I don't remember Harvey the Hound. He looks like a wolf. He looks like, <laughs> honestly, he looks, he looks like a cheap version that you see at the local library. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Time. It's like, uh, he looks like. He uh, looks like a deformed Chuck E. Cheese is what he looks like. He looks like a. Uh, yeah, like deformed, you know, I, mutated. I forgot Chuck who we're, I forgot who we're talking to. Yeah, we yeah. are talking to Charles Entertainment. What was the proper uh, mascot look here? But he had that. There's this famous video where I think it was Roger Nielsen. This mascot was behind the bench coaching in the. And Roger Nielsen was coaching against Calgary, and Harvey the Hound is over the glass like doing shit, and he's crazy. He does stunts and whatever, and. <laughs> They, and he reaches up, grabs his tongue, and rips it off. Yeah. Yeah. Out, his tongue got ripped off, and people are like what the fuck? <laughs> oh, he ripped yeah. his tongue off. So that's like a famous thing. So I, I said, "What about Harvey the Hound?" Like he had to pump the place up. And he says to me, "He goes, he goes. I remember this one time we were playing, and he goes, Harvey the Hound started at the top of the section on a surfboard, and he stood on the <laughs> stairs on the surfboard." surfed all the way down the stairs I've, and ran right this. into the glass yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. during like a TV timeout. And he goes, and he goes all of a sudden, so he's like, we're sitting there on the ice and all you can see, you don't see him because he drops below the boards. And he goes, all of a sudden, we just see one paw come up, another paw come up, and he's like, crawls back. <laughs> Dude. This, hey, right. this guy's a legend. I'm looking at him. He's, the he's, he's literally straddling. Murder. The top of the plexiglass. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Like, he's nuts. He, he's, <laughs> it might be the worst. It might be the worst costume of a mascot I've it's ever seen. It's pretty terrible. But he's fucking legendary. This is I, like that's uh, when I heard about him. Jackson Deville, the uh, Jaguars mascot. He's like bungee jumping off the top of the fucking yeah. stadium down there in Jacksonville. Harvey the Hound does not get enough respect. We need to put a little more respect <laughs> on Harvey. You got a Hound picture there. of him? Yeah, I, yeah, I'll see if I – yeah, here, I'll, I'll pull it up on here. That's a good call. Dude, he's the best. And we you got to look up the video. I think it was Roger Nielsen ripped his tongue off. It's the best thing Roger ever. Nielsen. Harvey the Hound. And then now you know when you're watching Flames games. Hey, coming up here in a little bit. Coming up in uh, – what we got? Coming up in about five minutes, Harvey the Hound's going to be fucking all, right, can all you over. See my, you see my images here, my Google That is images. the worst mascot I've ever seen, but is his, you know what? Sometimes I it's do about remember him now that I see him laying on the ice. Look at him laying on the this? ice. Oh, here's the video. Yeah, I ripped his tongue off. Craig <laughs> 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 McTavish was the best. Is McTavish? Yeah. Oh, that's McTavish? Yeah. Sorry. This is what I was talking about. Look at this maniac, dude. He's nuts, dude. He would stand. He would he would sit on the top of the glass like he's in a saddle with his legs going on the side of the ice and by the fan. The stuff he would do was nuts. Look how long his tongue is. It just popped up. Dry sidle, five goals, six assists in four games against Calgary this season. He's banged up though, dude. He did you see him last? What's that? He didn't look. He doesn't look very good right now. 
They found the head floating in an arena flood. Oh, no. Oh, no. Imagine Hard that. Down. Dead? <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> double H. <laughs> double H. Hey, what a run it was for hey, Harvey the Hound. Play for Harvey. This is this magical you, run Harvey. for the Flames. Maybe they're playing. Maybe he doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. <laughs> what the, what the fuck did we lose that game? Oh. Well, anyway, lads, I think it's I think it's about yes. that time. We've All had right, some guys. Tonight we've had some lows. We get stood up by Barry Melrose. We, hey. That'll happen. That's the we, game. We recap hey, the game first Barry, round. Barry probably found. A cigar bar that was just. Too I don't blame him. Yeah. And hey, to be honest, been, I do been, the same been thing. stood up by a lot less. Nothing to worry about, Barry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. we love you, Barry. We'll have you back later. So we appreciate everybody in the chat. I saw the chat's been going crazy tonight. Uh, can't thank you enough for following along. Uh, we got overtime coming up with Canes Rangers. Yeah, Let's huge. all go enjoy that. We got the Battle of Alberta tonight. Everyone on the planet, I think, is going to enjoy that, except for Gumpy. Gumpy will be sitting there steaming hot watching. Gumpy, yeah, you guys don't want any winner at all. <laughs> at all. I'm on. If it's not fucking go boats, I don't care. <laughs> Whoever wins between the Lightning and Panthers, I told Rupper that's my fucking team yeah. going forward. Hey, it might be a good bet. That's a good good opportunity there. Both those two teams are uh, are studs. But hey, you've been Colorado looks unstoppable right now. They look uh, fucking no. good. Shout out to John Michael Lyles for joining us and talking. Yeah, he was awesome. Hockey. Yeah, uh, Indianapolis born, raised. I don't know how long he stayed in Indy there, but uh, we should have gotten into that a little bit more with him. But I know he went to Culver Academy, and, and I spent some time in Culver. I don't know where in Indianapolis that is, or if it still even exists. But uh, yeah, it's just funny, man. That that guy, uh, I don't know how many players have come out of Indy. I know um, off the top of my head, I know him and Jack Johnson. Uh, those are the only two I Jack know. Jack Johnson's from Indy also? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Weeksy, yeah. Weeksy, Callan, a little bit of a hockey that Callan? Weeksy that and Callan Callan in the middle? Yep. And there's Steve Levy. So, we know. Was that? I can't see. Is that Steve Levy? That's Levy, yeah. Callahan, and Weeksy. Yep. So, hey. We know that Barry's best boy, Steve Levy's not at the cigar bar. So if we're going to start this investigation. <laughs> I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to find you, out what's going on because we see him. He showed up for his shift. Barry, we love you, but we're going to figure out what happened here. We need you to get to the bottom of it, Rupper. Um, yeah, I'll figure it out. Uh, follow along with us at That's Hockey Talk on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter, we're posting a lot of clips, a lot of highlights, goals, big hits, everything, controversial, goaltender interference, whatever you want to talk about. We're posting it. Uh, you know, Gumpy staying up doing the late shift. We appreciate him for that. Uh, um, shout out to everybody for listening and watching along. Thank you so much. And that's Hockey Talk.